This is Evgeny Malkin. This is Brian Russell. This is Phil Kessel of the Penguins. Your home of the Pens and the best Pens coverage. WXDX FM Pittsburgh, an iHeart Radio station. Mike Sullivan, the Penguins coach, isn't big on matchups, but against Washington. He needs to get Chris Letang out there against Alex Ovechkin as much as possible. On that right side of the Penguins' defense, Justin Schultz isn't strong enough to handle Ovechkin. Chad Ruedel would be absolutely overwhelmed physically by Ovechkin. Letang's got the skating. He's got the skill. He's got the aggression. He's got the strength. Letang isn't the best bet against Ovi. He's the only bet. But Tang can keep up. Schultz can't keep up. Ruedo can't keep up. But Tang would simplify his game against Ovi and has done in the past. He'd concentrate more on just playing defense, and that often leads to Latang playing better hockey, period. For me, in this series, it's the only matchup that matters. Get Latang out there against Ovi every shift, and on the PK too. But Tang can handle Ovechkin. That's sick again, brought to you by 84 Lumber, helping you build the right way since 1956. Real Madrid with two away goals ahead of Bayern Munich, 2-1. Next Wednesday, the second leg of Liverpool-Roma. I'm going to be absolutely insufferable. I just want you guys to know that. And I like when people go on Twitter. I get this all the time. And not just about when Liverpool play during the show. I get... If you're going to talk about the Liverpool game, I'm not going to listen. First off, I just burst out either exclamations of joy or expletives, well, quasi-expletives, based on you know me watching the game. But I don't talk about the game all the time. In fact, I barely talk about it. I like when people say, well, you talk about soccer too much. I talk about soccer maybe three minutes a week on average. And the second thing is, okay, if you're going to not listen when I talk, when there's a soccer game on TV, a Liverpool game, okay, don't listen. I mean, what about that have you not understood over the 22 glorious years I've done this? I don't care if you listen or not. It is your privilege to listen. Not an honor for me. Your privilege to soak up the charisma I just ooze every day. I ooze charisma Every day. And that goes if you don't think I talk about the Pirates enough, or if I don't like the Pirates, or don't like the Steelers. You know, for whatever reason, if you don't want to listen, don't listen. I don't care. I'm so rich, it doesn't matter. If if all the listeners stopped listening at once, that might be a blessing, because then I could retire with my money and enjoy a life you only dream of. Just thought you needed to know that. You know what I'm going to do Sunday to piss people off? Do alternate version play-by-play of the Liverpool game. I would do it with Bayern and Madrid right now, except my eyes are so bad, I'm not as familiar with these teams. I can't tell who's who. Like, here comes the red guy. Put out a play by the black guy. And by black guy, I mean black kit, not, not any sort of 
racial invective. Let's go to Jeremy on 79 North. Jeremy, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Good Wednesday afternoon, Mr. Madden. Good Wednesday afternoon. It is my privilege to listen to your show and to occasionally talk to you, and I thank you for both. Well, that's very nice um, of you. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for the Pens and the Caps series, uh, Pens defense, I, I know that the forwards are, are focused right now with the injuries, but the defense should be a focus also. And I think in addition to making sure that Latang is matched up on Ovechkin every chance he gets, uh, those top four have to play 25 minutes apiece, and you got to keep the bottom two or, or around pretty close. 10. Yeah, I, I just think you got to kind of shield. I, I hate to use that word, but you know. Oh no, I I, I am in full endorsement <laughs> of using that word. I mean, Ruedel's not very good. He's an no. he's a even to call him an average NHL defenseman is probably giving him too much credit. Although he's all right, seven by the standard of by the standard of the league today, he probably is a six. You look around mm-hmm. the league, brother. Aren't that many you know even average defensemen? There's a lot of guys That's in the true. league that not too long ago wouldn't be in the league. That's true. Taylor Chorney's cracking the lineup in Washington relatively frequently. It's getting dire. <laughs> well, that's what they said about Mark Knopfler. <laughs> what the hell? Here comes the red guy. Gives it to another red guy. Now the black guys have it. Passes to a black guy. Red guy's down, but the black guys won't play it out. Black guys, nope, the red guys intercept. 412-333-9939, the number to call. I, to, get, to get back to serious talk, I do think Latang against Ovi is a crucial matchup. And I think Latang can handle him. He has before. And when Latang's out there, Dumoulin's out there too. That's a good matchup against Ovi, against the Caps, top line, whatever. A lot of people think Backstrom's the key to the series. I don't know. He had 15 less points this year. That's not playing with Ovi this year. Because uh, Netsoff is Ovi center this year, and his points went up, I think, 24 more points. Ovi's their guy. Anybody who thinks this series will be decided by anything but Sid versus Ovi and the goaltending, those will be the major components, the biggest focus. That's not to say other guys won't play great and produce and do well, but those are the guys to watch. Always have been. Always will be. I'm talking about Sid Novi and whoever the goalies are. Pretty important position. I think Murray's going to have a blinder of a series. You watch. I think Murray, here's my keys to the series if the Penguins win. If they don't, I guess you could blame these guys. I bet Murray's brilliant. I bet Broussard's brilliant. I think Broussard steps up with Geno out. Let's go to Mike in Penn Hills. Mike, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark, what do you think the Capitals' biggest weakness is as a team, and how do we exploit that weakness? Their defense. Their, their defense is worse than Pittsburgh's. I mean, people criticize the Penguins' defense, and it is top-heavy, but the Penguins' top four is better than the Capitals' top four as a group, as pairs, and individually. And the Penguins' you know bottom pair is probably equal to the Capitals' bottom pair. I mean, you have Brooks Orpik playing top four minutes. Who's better, Latang or Carlson? Is it Carlson? I guess we'll find out. Some people would say so. He had a better year, but I'd take Latang. And then you got Orlov versus Mata. I'd rather have Mata. You have uh, uh, Niskanen against Schultz. That kind of saws off, but I think Schultz is a... No, Niskanen's a good fit there, too. I'm going to I'm gonna saw that one off. 
you know, it just it. I think the I think the Penguins are better on defense, and the matchup of the Penguins forwards against the Capitals D is I really like. Uh, what I would do is I would get the puck behind the Caps defense. That's that's one hundred and one, and it's everybody's initial strategy to start a playoff series, but that doesn't mean it's not important. Let's go to Lucas in Ford City. Lucas, you're on with Double M. What up, man? What up, man? So. The Capitals past couple of years have been like President's Trophy winners, so they've been expected to go far in the playoffs. Do you think this year, with them not being the best team in the league, it's going to help their confidence at all? I don't know. Uh, that, that's a real good question. I think expectations are lowered. Whether that equates to less pressure within the context of the dressing room, I don't know. I'm not in the dressing room, but it's certainly a big talking point. I mean, the Caps uh, got. I don't know what was it, like uh, 15 or 16 less points this year than last. Holtby's goals against average went up almost a full goal, and he got yanked for the first couple games of these playoffs. Is that less pressure, more pressure? It definitely lowers expectations. Well, I think they have more pressure now this year trying to get past the Pens for the third year in a row. It's like it's just completely just switched around on this. I don't know. That's a a real good question, isn't it? I'd love to be a fly on the wall in their dressing room if they if they lose the first game and trail after a period of the second, or if it goes to game seven and they trail after a period of that. Yeah, I can't like I could speak to the pressure on the Penguins, and I think there is, but it's self-contained. I don't think anybody will go nuts if they lose this series and don't win a third straight Stanley Cup, whereas the Caps have never won, despite expectations that they should have won by now. And it's amazing they haven't won by now. They have a generational goal scorer who has pretty much done his part in the playoffs every time they made the postseason, and yet they haven't won. So yeah, that that's a that I think that's a mean scene there already. I don't think it could get any meaner, but the expectations are less. I don't know what the pressure's like in the dressing room. The expectations are less, but you do hear people picking the caps in this series. You know what's funny? I read, who was it? Somebody, well, it was, it was ESPN hockey coverage. Then it would make sense that it didn't make sense. But somebody wrote that the Capitals have less expectations, but I'm picking them to beat the Penguins. Well, okay, if they have less expectations, you can't pick them to beat the Penguins. Because less expectations would be constituted by not being favored in this series for the first time in a couple years. Because they were favorites last year and the year before. They were the higher seed last year and the year before. We may not remember that now, but that's how it was. 412-333-9939. We have the legend Chris and Rick on hold. Let's keep him there. Let's get back to him in a second. And we have Mike Rupp at 430. I'm the super genius on 1059. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. You're talking to the super genius. Yo, double up. Yo, drunk up Willie. Mark Madden is Pittsburgh Sports. The X at 105.9. Veronica Rodriguez is unspeakably hot. So go see her at cheerleaders this weekend. She's just amazing. And you know a, a pattern that's emerged at work here over my tenure here at the iHeartMedia building? If I have time to go eat, there's always free food here as well. So I eat too much and get even more bloated and fat, fatter than I am now. 
if I don't have time to eat, there's no free food here. My stomach is literally growling. I hope the microphone doesn't pick it up. You'd think I'd just be processing all this fat, but no. Pens caps. Can't wait. Let's hope it ends like it usually ends. Like it's ended the last three meetings, all three meetings of the Crosby Ovechkin era. The Penguins win the series, a close series, but the Penguins win it, and then they go on to win the Stanley Cup. Let's talk to Kevin in North Hills. Kevin, you're on with Double M. Good day, Mark. Right. Uh, yeah, I think uh, the two teams are uh, very evenly matched, and uh, I think, uh, like a lot of these series, it'll come down to who, who gets the better goaltending as well as some puck luck. Now, Kevin, Kevin, do you think they're evenly matched even with Geno and Haglin out the lineup, which they will be definitely for game one? Um, as long as they're both not out for the entire series. If, if, they're, if they're both out for the entire series, I think it's going it, to, you know, these other guys are going to really have to, to pick up their game, and, and Murray's just going to have to, to play at a top notch level. I, I think if, if Geno is out for the entire series, I'm not diminishing, you know, Hagler not being there. But uh, if Gino's out the entire series, I think it will become more damaging as the series goes on. I think the Penguins will have to eke out some two-to-one wins, and that will entail Murray standing on his head. I think that's doable, and the Penguins, who won the Stanley Cup last year without their best defenseman playing a single game, let's not forget, the Penguins know there's more than one way to skin a cat, so... I am not giving up hope because Geno's not in there, but it will definitely be tougher. The Penguins still have a lot of firepower up front, even without Geno and Haglin. You look at some of the guys playing top six for the Capitals. They got that thug Tom Wilson on the OV line. They got Chandler Stevenson. I think he was a character in Friends. He's playing on the second line with Backstrom and Oshie. Then it drops off a cliff for the third and fourth lines. Although, I I like Jay Beagle as a fourth-line center. Plus, that's a good name, Jay Beagle. But, like, their third line, Connolly, Ellers, and Smith-Pelly, I mean, not a ton there, right? I mean, then again, as I said repeatedly, when the matchup became official, pens and caps, even though they lost some guys they probably would like to have kept, like a Justin Williams or a Carl Alsner, sometimes change... When, when you've underachieved, change can be good. You got rid of some faces of failure. Doesn't mean the guys they brought in are better, but they haven't yet failed as a member of the Washington Capitals. Let's hope they're ready to get a start on that. By the way, uh, if you look at the defensive pairings listed on the Capitals' depth chart, Brooks Orpik's in their bottom pair, and a guy named Michael Kempney's paired with John Carlson in the top pair. But you look at the minutes, and Orpik's getting top four minutes. Tell you what, though, that power play. Listen to the lineup on their power play. Oshie, Backstrom, Kuznetsov, Ovechkin, and Carlson. On paper, that's a better power play than the Penguins' top power play without Geno. With Geno, I don't know, even with Geno. Let me say it out loud. Geno, Sid, Hornquist, Schultz, and Kessel. Tell you what, that Capitals power play really stacks up against that top Penguins group. Let's go now to a one-of-a-kind calling from downtown. 
He is the legend. Legend, what up, what up? Better looking in 10 movie stars, double M. You what know up, it. What up? What's going on? Uh, that, by the way, that is 22 years of Hall of Fame privileges. It's, it's, not, it's been just, just 22 years of glory. It has been. You're right. Uh, I got a question for you. Now, other teams shadow Sid. Is Obi too fast to shadow? Well, they wouldn't do that, and he's never done that. And I don't know that they shadow Sid. I, I think they try to get, like, that first-line matchup. Like, that's what the Bruins always do. The Bruins always put Bergeron out there, his line with Marshawn, and, and try to make Sid play defense. But Sid winds up having the puck the whole time, and that puts Bergeron on defense. And even though he might be the best defensive center in hockey, legend, he's their number one center now, and you don't necessarily want him playing that much defense. It, it, the same thing happened with Couturier from Philadelphia. He's their best offensive and defensive center. So if you play him against Sid, you're taking your biggest threat and making him play defense. So it, it, it's really hard to come up. I mean, you tell me, Legend, if you were the Caps, what strategy would you use to, to try to limit Sid? A little, little too fast. I, I mean, it's uh, you got other people on his line. You know, I just think there's too much speed. If you match that top line up, I wouldn't call Kuznetsov a great defensive center. Backstrom's a better defensive center. Maybe they'll try to get the Backstrom line out there against Sid's line. Always a pleasure, Mark. Thank you, Legend. Good stuff. Let's take one more quickie. Chris. Chris on Route 79. You're on with Double M. Hey, Double M. It's Chris. How you doing, buddy? Good, Chris. Hey, I was giving you a call to ask you about the Sullivan's game plan with a couple of guys who are out in our of what we're going to do defensively. Historically, against these guys, we've used a two-man vortex that has turned over the puck in their zone and allowed us to score some quick goals that right. really helped us. In, in well, let me, let me cut right to the chase, if I may, Chris. The Penguins, sure. despite not having Haggy and, and Gino, will play exactly the same way. Good deal. That's they never The Penguins say. under Sullivan have never changed their style due to injury. In fact, they've never changed their style due to scored situation, which sometimes aggravates me. Although Sully says that's that's not him, that's the players. But after a while, it's the coach. I think Sully yeah. may have been lying when he said that. No, the Penguins will play exactly the same way. Bet that. Up next, a former Stanley Cup champion, former Penguin. You can see him on the NHL Network. It's Mike Rupp. Rupper on the X at 105.9. This is Evgeny Malkin, and you are listening to Mark Madden on 1059 The X. Joining me now, you love him on the NHL Network and on AT&T Sportsnet. Former Penguin, won the Stanley Cup with the New Jersey Devils. It's Mike Rupp. Rupper, before we talk about the Pens and Caps, who do you like in Game 7 tonight? Toronto at Boston. Oh, man. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Boston um, just from the standpoint. I, I just... I just simply think they're a better team, and we've been a better team um, all year. Uh, the last couple of games, a lot of the the, the the reasons for their losses have been kind of self-inflicted. So I don't think it's anything necessary that Toronto has done uh, that is really overpowered. I think it's sloppy coverages. They've got some uh, time leaving the defenseman out to dry. This team's too... The veteran guys they have in there, I think they figure it out for Game 7. There's nothing like Game 7, is there? The the 2003 Stanley Cup Final went to seven games, and you scored that cup-winning goal for New Jersey. 
Game seven, it just has to be insane every time, right? It is. It is. And I, I just look back to those times. And I was a rookie that year. And I remember, I mean, that was, uh, you know, obviously the Stanley Cup Finals game seven, like you said. And it, I was nervous. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you be nervous? But I remember sitting there pregame meal, a pregame snack. You know, normally we have our snack at the hotel around four o'clock. You get to the rink around 435 ish. And I remember sitting around and, you know, as a young kid, you keep your eyes on the veteran guys who've been there. I'm looking at, I'm looking at the guys who won two cups on that. The Kandanikos, the Marty Verdor, Sergey Freeland, Scott Stevens. And I remember sitting there in the pregame snack and, uh, Ken Danico was sitting there and John Madden and myself. And I'm a rookie. I'm not saying much because rookies aren't supposed to say much at that time. And I'm just minding my own business. And these two are just telling stories. Oh. Back in the day, hockey stories, road trip stories, and keeping it so tight that I was looking around thinking, man, these guys aren't nervous. I'm in good hands. I got nothing to be nervous about. So I think these teams, guys who've been through it, it's really important that these guys just look to be unflappable and not to be nervous. If you talk about soccer and you're a joker, you better damn be joking before this game. Keep it loose. Let it just be another game. I know it's very cliche. That's what those young players, and both teams have a lot of them, those are the young players that he's been able to perform. Okay, it's Pittsburgh and Washington again. There are no secrets whatsoever between these teams, not even the playoff situation because they played the last two springs. How will that affect the way this series is played? Will that kind of tighten things up right off the bat? Um, yeah, I mean, there, there, there has to be, and you, you can hear all the right things from the Washington standpoint about the ineffectiveness against Pittsburgh in the playoffs, but... Uh, you can hear them brush it to the side. New year, it's new season. We're a different team. We got some, you know. It, it, you think about that, and I think that it's it's very big for this Capitals team, for some way, shape, or form, to come out in this series and to show that, for their own being, that it's going to be different this year. And uh, that's something that you can be preyed upon by this Penguins team too, because you know the second uh, you start showing that it's going to be this. Another another chapter of the same old story. Uh, that 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 seed of doubt is going to take root. It's going to be nasty for the Capitals' psyche. So um, I, I think it's a, a huge opportunity for both teams, to kind of play that mental chess match. And uh, but the history of these two teams and the facing off in the last couple of years in the past. That, yeah, that's a big part about it. Even though they, they won't say it is. On that Capitals' power play. How does Ovechkin just get to stand in the same spot all the time and just blast away? How do you stop that? Why do teams let him just set up and get rid of it like he does? It's funny, isn't it? I mean, just, that, just, uh, that, that shows how great he is because, I don't know, the kind of analogy for me in, in, in basketball when Michael Jordan, you knew he was getting the last shot. You knew he was always going to get the last shot. Why is he making all the last shots when you know that he's taking that last shot? And that just shows you know, Michael Jordan's greatness. And now on the Alex side, you know he's going to score goals from that spot on the ice. You know on the power play, they're looking for the seed through the box to Alex Ovechkin on that side. Um, I think it just shows how great this guy is, is that he only needs that one chance and he can bury it. He's also really good. When you look at we see his shot coming from that same area. But when you watch him, he's really good at patrolling that side of the ice, moving up and down. I think Kessel does a, good, a great job of it too, as far as just kind of, just kind of finding those holes. He's very good at locating the teams, which way 
can I get the pass? I'm going to make sure my body's in the right position. My hands are cocked, ready to go. And uh, all he needs is that one chance. And even strength, Rupper, I would match Chris Letang up against Ovechkin. I don't think Schultz and Ruedel can handle Ovechkin's strength, but I think Letang can pretty much match Ovechkin in just about every department. I agree. I think Chris Letang has that, that skating ability that he has. He can, he can cheat. And what I mean by cheating is, you know, we talk about good gaps all the time, which is huge for, you know, to have, especially on things like Alex Ovechkin. But in the neutral zone, Chris Letang is such a good skater that he feels extremely confident that with with Tanger skating backwards, he can be even with Alex Ovechkin, and he'll skate backwards faster than always skate forward. He could probably do that for most guys in the league, and that's a huge thing. You could deny the puck a lot of times. You can allow him, or sorry, not allow him to be in the neutral zone, and I think he could be a very frustrating player in in the face all the time. You don't have to worry about Alex being able to just blow you and get to an open spot where he can let his lethal shot. Because Tanger's good enough to stay with him every step of the way. So I, I think that he's that one guy who can can really frustrate Alex And where he shoots that puck, where he shoots it, where he wants to shoot it. Very rarely do you ever shoot, see him shoot the puck on the right side of the ice. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. I've never seen him. He'll have 15 shot attempts in the game. He might have one on the other side of the ice. That's the side of the ice where Chris Letang patrols. So I think it's a great matchup. Uh, on the other side of that coin, if you're Washington, what would you do to try and stop Sid, who is absolutely running amok? So uh, when I'm, uh, my thought process with this is I'm not too sure there's too much you can do. So I'm looking at it from the point, let's just say I'm very trapped in that locker room. I'm saying to the guys, listen, we won the Metro this year. We know who we are as players. We have to make sure, let's make them adjust to us. Because, listen, if you're going to have Kuznetsov at center right position and um, Nick Backstrom at center right position, if you're going to have them worrying too much about 87 to 71, guess what? You're not probably not going to be putting the puck in the net like you should be and what you need to be doing in order to beat the Penguins. So I think it's almost like, hey, we just got to live with, we've got great players on the other team. Let's just make them adjust to us. On the, you know, we'll, we need to get to the offense. We've got to be careful we don't take pucks away and pucks over allow them in their transition game. But I, it's a short answer. The less you think about Ovi or uh, um, and Crosby, the better off this team should be. I think it'll actually give them a better shot because it's going to focus so much on them that this team won't be able to put the puck in them. And you've got to be able to score goals for the Penguins. Well, you mentioned Malkin. He's going to be out uh, for the start of the series, as will Carl Hagelin. How will the Penguins cope with that? I think they'll be all right. I think they'll be good. Um, you know, there's there's other guys basically on this team. I think the fact we talk about the uh, three-headed monster in Pittsburgh with Crosby, Kessel, and Malkin, and even without Geno, I think we should probably be throwing in Jake Pencil at this, this being the fourth or the monster. Fourth head here. I mean, this this uh, this is numbers was thirty five points, in like thirty one playoff games. I mean, those are those are the caliber of those players we just mentioned. So they have guys that can elevate and get to those um, you know, kind of level of greatness come postseason. So I think with the players like that, and we know the clutch players this team has, they have guys who can elevate. Brian Rust scores huge goals all the time. I, I think that they just have those guys that understand the circumstances. Gino's not in. We need to up it. 
year, and they always seem to have that ability to do it. Well, you mentioned Jake Gensel. How do you explain what he's doing? Because he's got 19 goals in 31 career playoff games. Rupper, feel free to mention this on the NHL Network. In terms of goals per game average in the playoffs, he ranks just below Rocket Richard and just above Wayne Gretzky. Unbelievable, right? I think we had a stat on there. Might be off on this, but he was somewhere around 13th or something all time. No, he's fifth. He's fifth. fifth. Okay. Yes, absolutely well, fifth. Even way better. So it's that's that's incredible. I mean, the fact that this kid, and I think on this, that's the beauty of it all too, is that you're not, even though you saw the Coral game, you, you, you know what he does, you think for one second they're, they're game planning on number 59? No, because there's other numbers on that team that you have to game plan against. So he's kind of in that great spot. You know, in baseball, you talk about you know, the importance of you know, hitting behind certain batters and or in front of certain batters, and, and it's, it comes into play here. I mean, he's not going to be the guy that you're going to pinpoint in your pre-scout meetings, and that allows him to do exactly what he's doing. He'll, he, the focus will be on those other guys. Jake Ensel just got to keep scooting and playing with that confidence. Uh, what is the state of each team's goaltending? Uh, Murray for Pittsburgh, Holtby for Washington. Here's here's where I get a little bit nervous here. Uh, I'll say this, and I've said it before, and it's no um, tear down on, on the backup goalies in Pittsburgh because I actually like them a lot. The only way I see a team beating Pittsburgh in this playoffs is if Matt Murray misses some time. And if he's playing, I just don't see a team beat them four times out of seven. I just, I just don't. You could throw a couple stinkers in there. They don't they don't have stinkers two games in a row, and it's going to be very difficult. But with that being said, on the goaltending standpoint for Washington, the longer this series seems to every minute goes by and has gone by in that, that Columbus series, Braden Holby's looking like old-school Braden Holby, like Vesna Braden Holby. So I think that that was something that was paying dividends in that Columbus series is that I think he started getting in the heads of this Columbus team that, wow, he's back. He's starting to look that way. That never seemed to bother the Penguins in the past, even in those seasons when Hopi's been unbelievable. The Penguins seem to not really have that much of an issue there. So that might come into play. But, um, you know, it's I think that those two goalies can really negate each other in a lot of ways. Um, but I'm a little bit nervous the way Braden Hopi has been trending because he's looking pretty darn good right now. Is this the marquee series in the second round of the playoffs? I know Nashville's playing Winnipeg, but let's be honest, Rupper. The casual fan couldn't name three players in that series. It's not Sid versus Ovi. I think the Sid-Ovi matchup is what hockey fans are going to be watching. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. I mean, I, I, I think I'm certainly going to be keeping eyes all over, well, all, all the series, but the Winnipeg-Nashville one's huge. But the, the one you just mentioned, I mean, We've seen the playoff performances of these two guys against each other. We remember that Atrix, uh in the same game. When you look at all these numbers against uh, the Penguins in the playoffs, I mean, they're actually better than Sitz. So he's shown up in those games. And you want the best players, the marquee players, to be the best players. Um, I also think that I'm a little old school in the thinking that I don't think you can win until you really experience defeat. Winnipeg hasn't really had to go through that yet. Washington certainly has. Have they learned from We'll have to see. Um, so I, I think both these, both those two series are outstanding, but uh, this Penguins-Capitals one is, is the one to look for. Well, what's your call, Rupper? Penguins-Caps, who takes it, and in how many games? 
I'm a big fan of Game 7. I want it to go to seven games. I got the Pens win the series. I just don't know if it's six or seven games. So I'll say uh, I'll say Pens and seven. I'll tell you what. See if you can, can understand my theory. I think the longer it goes, the more it favors the Penguins. And I think if it gets to seven, the Penguins have been there, done that. I think they win if it goes seven for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Rupper, good stuff. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Awesome. Sounds good. That's Mike Rupp from the NHL Network. He's brought to you by Auto Palace Porsche. Make every day a Porsche day with the new Macan. We want your thoughts on Rupper's thoughts, your thoughts on the pens and caps, your thoughts. They're doing it again. Washington and Pittsburgh, three years in a row. I'm Mark Madden, 412-333-WXDX. Exit 105.9. The Pirates uh, had their game postponed yesterday, so today they're playing a very rare thing, a legitimate doubleheader at PNC Park. Not not day-night, but two games in a row, one price, let you see 18 innings to baseball, for better or worse. And I'm watching the game on AT&T Sports right, right now. I bet there's not even 1,000 people there for the first game of the doubleheader. Literally not even 1,000 people there. I'm joined out by Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought to you by 84 Lumber. Bob, we now know for sure Gino won't be playing game one against Washington. How do you think the Penguins will cope? For just game one or the entire series? Let's start with game one. Um, well, they have a chance. For one game, they absolutely have a chance. And we talked yesterday about how if Gino's gone, boy, that hurts. If Gino and Haglin are gone, boy, that, that really hurts. But uh, it's the Penguins. I mean, they've stepped it up before when they've lost a, a key ingredient. They can do that again. And I know their history with game ones against the Capitals isn't great, but maybe we can use that to our advantage. Uh, they won't feel any pressure to win this game, but if they do win it, Again, we talk about the pressure on the Capitals' side. Can the Penguins win this series if Gino doesn't play at all? Oh, um, that would be very tough. I, I would say, I would say they can, but they probably would not. Can the Penguins win the Stanley Cup if Gino's out for the season? Well, I, you know what's funny is as soon as I went to answer that, I thought about last year when everybody, and including both of us, I think, said it would be real tough for the Penguins to win without Chris Letang. A little bit different here. Yeah, but um, I think to win without Malkin, the year after you won without Latang, <laughs> I mean, at some point, doesn't that just add up? It, it does. It, it does. You know, without beating around the bush, no, it would be very hard for the Penguins to win if he if Gino is out for the rest of the playoffs. Is this series going to be close in, in, inevitably? Because it always is. Regardless of who's hurt and who's available, isn't this going to go six or seven games no matter what? I think it goes seven games no matter what, Mark. And when you talk close, I mean, I don't know how much closer you could get. Over the last two days, looking at some of the numbers, Ovi's numbers in the playoffs, Ovi's numbers since he's entered the league, Sid's numbers since he's entered the league, Sid's numbers in the playoffs, uh, the goalie's numbers, the series, well, this not the series numbers, you know, it's nine to one, uh, Penguins way in that one, but everything else is so ridiculously close. And, You've seen it close over the last two years. So, yeah, I expect a close uh, playoff. I expect seven games. And I like what you were talking about with Mike Rupp. If they go to seven games and the Penguins have been there, done that, I think all of that pressure just gets compounded on the uh, on the Capitals and their fans. You talked last round about how the Flyers were sitting there and their fans were thinking, oh, no, 
this this is not going to go our way. It's going to go like that for the Caps again. Well, I think even more so for the Caps. I think the Flyers fans know that their team sucks, and they've kind of become wimp-boyed as well. So so I don't think anything there surprised the Flyers fans. But the same could be said. Yeah, I see your point with the Capitals fans. Bob, early in the cheers against Columbus, the Capitals fans were sitting in that rink waiting for their team to lose. That That was so evident it even came through the TV. I will say this. If it goes to seven games, and even if Gino's not available, Penguins win. I think at that point, the old ghosts really get dredged up. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, that's absolutely you know valid because if they go to seven games, it shows the Penguins that yeah they can win without Gino, and it shows the Capitals that they can absolutely win without Gino. I think he's taken out of the equation. You've got the Capitals, their ownership, everybody down there so worried about the Penguins fans and the people right, celebrating. Right, they're trying to keep the Penguins fans from buying tickets. Yeah, I mean, if... Which, by the way, I don't blame them for. No, if you can do that. I mean, <laughs> Have you ever been down there for a game? Oh, yeah. I went down there for one game. It is unbelievable. It's like I, Pittsburgh South. It is, and it's crazy. And I know that every year Leonsis and the Capitals try and do this. Right, but they can't. They can't keep the secondary market in their control. Exactly. They, they can't stop their fans from scalping tickets. They can in the luxury suites. I think this year there's some, I don't know, web thing that they're doing this year. Or let some- me tell you something, Bob. If there's an empty luxury suite, and Pittsburgh people want to buy it at the prices, I'm sure they charge. They would gladly sell it. <laughs> I hope so. I'd love to see that. That's Bob McLaughlin brought to you by 84 Lumber. In just 30 seconds, I'm going to tell you why the second round of this year's NHL playoffs, it's when the real Stanley Cup tournament starts. 105.90X.